read and hear more about important news, events, and public policy debates at ncnewsline.com. This is News and Views. Welcome back to News and Views. I'm Rob Schofield. As we discussed in our previous segment, the March 5th primary election in North Carolina is effectively already underway, with voting by mail in progress and early in-person voting commencing this week. Interestingly, while voters are already casting ballots, a huge percentage seem to have only a fuzzy idea who the candidates are and who they favor, even in some of the the top-of-the-ticket races. So what does this really mean, both for next month and the November general election? Recently, I got some answers to these questions, as well as a look at what voters think about some enormously important policy and social issues in a conversation I had with one of the state's top political pollsters, Meredith College political science professor David McLennan. Well, Professor David McLennan, welcome to News and Views. Good to have you back with us. Rob, always good to be with you. We're less than a month away from Super Tuesday. North Carolina voters are going to be heading to the polls. We we hope a lot of them will. The latest Meredith College poll out showing the picture becoming a little clearer on the way voters are leaning, although there's still a lot of undecided folks. Let's start with a Republican presidential primary, where at least there seems to be still a little bit of competition going on. Nikki Haley is sort of competitive with Trump amongst unaffiliated voters who indicate they might vote in the Republican primary, but doesn't look like that is likely to do her a whole lot of good overall. No, and that's the bind that Haley is in. I mean, she the field has been winnowed. She was relatively competitive in New Hampshire, but, you know, between that then and North Carolina, it doesn't look like she's picking up any momentum. She'll likely lose her own state, her home state, by a decent margin. So that doesn't bode well for North Carolina for a competitive race. Trump, this is a Trump state in terms of the Republican Party. And so I don't see anything changing that in the next four weeks or so. The wild cards out there are the fact that Trump faces these criminal prosecutions, although it seems that the trials keep kind of getting pushed back. And is it conceivable that maybe Haley thinks or another Republican would think, well, if Trump is convicted of a crime, maybe there's a path for me if I sort of stay least in the public eye. You know, and you see it on both sides. I mean, on the Republican side, you know, she is the last person standing and uh, other than Trump. And if something were to happen to Trump, you know, I'm not sure that the Republicans would turn to her, but at least the logic would say. And, you know, you look at the Democratic side and there's token opposition to uh, Joe Biden. But, you know, again, Dean Phillips and Marianne Williamson you know, are barely registering in places that they have run against Biden. The big issue that's sort of roiling Washington right now is very intimately related with the presidential election, and that's this this big proposal to reform immigration law, a lot of concessions by Democrats on that front in hopes of getting foreign aid for Ukraine and other parts of the world. But it appears that the Republicans are willing to do what Donald Trump is telling them, which is to, to scuttle the deal. I guess we shouldn't be surprised that Trump, in addition to maintaining such huge support in in the Republican polls, that that translates into him dictating policy amongst so many Republican politicians. I think you said it well. I think the fact that he is so strong, despite his legal challenges and the fact that he lost in 2020 and Republicans lost in elections since then, uh, you know, I think the Republicans in the House in particular, but also it looks like in the Senate are just scared of bucking Trump. And so, you know, North Carolina is a great barometer. I mean, he's got a significant lead over Haley. And, you know, it doesn't seem like 
anything that happens to Trump doesn't affect his poll numbers among his base. Let's turn our attention to the um, state races. And of course, you polled in the um, gubernatorial races. We have two contests going on next month. Both the Democrats and the Republicans have multiple candidates seeking the nomination. But here again, it seems as if the front runners are awfully well positioned at this point, uh, barring some unforeseen circumstances, to um, carry through and, and win big victories next month. They should, but it's been remarkable. We've polled on the governor's race now since in the fall, and still a significant number of undecided voters. And yeah. I think there are a couple reasons for that. I think the presidential race just sucks the oxygen out of the room, literally. <laughs> and I saw a study just this morning that said that only one-third of voters actively seek out campaign information. So I think there's a lot of North Carolinians who just aren't following the governor's race. Robinson and Stein will likely win on March 5th. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the challengers have been out there trying, but not making any inroads. I wonder if this makes a case for not likely to happen anytime soon. But of course, most states hold their gubernatorial elections in the off-year election, the non-presidential even-numbered year I would suspect that maybe those races get at least a little more attention when they're not uh, overshadowed by a presidential contest. It's sort of a strange situation. Yeah, they get more attention, but, you know, in off-year elections, voter turnout is significantly lower. You know, we've even moved the mayor's race and the city council races in Raleigh right. to presidential election years, which I'd be willing to bet I could walk down the street and not find a whole lot of people who know what's going on in that race. Yeah. Although I guess maybe more people will still vote because they'll vote in the presidential election yeah. and the turnout would be so low if they did. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So what about in the fall? Any uh, indications on the Trump-Biden rematch or the um, potential Robinson-Stein races? Well, at least right now, and we're nine months out, it's awful early to be polling about a general election. But anyway, the poll that we did indicated that Trump's up by a few points over Biden and Stein is up a few points over Robinson. You know, not unexpected, as we've seen in North Carolina, we do still split our tickets. Uh, we've elected a Democratic governor, even when Trump has won twice now in the state. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the outcome, but I'm not willing to say that's my prediction. I do think the polls will tighten up. Uh, we have seen that over the past couple of election cycles. So a four to five point lead for a candidate may whittle down to a point or a point and a half. I mean, the 2020 presidential election was a prime example of where things got tighter as we got closer. Yeah, it seems to be a, a phenomenon that especially weighs out from the election. People are just, I don't like either of those candidates. I don't want to select either one. But eventually reality sets in and they realize, well, you have to pick one or the other. And maybe that tends to have an impact. Well, you know, it's interesting. I'll do one more poll before um Super Tuesday. And I'm going to just start adding some third party candidates to because I, I just think one of our poll questions was, would you prefer a third party? And that number has been going up every time we polled on it. So there are a lot of North Carolinians who are dissatisfied with the Republican Democratic parties. That doesn't mean they're going to vote third party. But this could be a year where a third party candidate, you know, could play the role of spoiler in North Carolina. Wouldn't take much, I guess. To no. We're talking with David McLennan, of course, who's the professor of political science and director of the Meredith Poll at Meredith College, longtime friend of the program, regular guest here on News and Views. 
obviously you asked some questions of, of North Carolinians about some other issues in addition to these races. One issue that sort of stood out and it seems sort of remarkable that we're talking about it so much is political violence and even the idea of civil war. While the numbers, most North Carolinians still don't seem to think we're headed in a terrible direction there, it's it's not an insignificant number of people who seem to take those subjects pretty seriously. No, and from my perspective, the disconcerting part is the numbers are increasing. So we did the same set of questions two years ago because there's a lot of discussion about those. And so, you know, we're nowhere near a majority of North Carolinians who expect the Civil War or expect violence. But, you know, it's not an insignificant number of people either. And so I just think there's so much popular discussion of something like a civil war. I mean, we hear the discussion in Texas now along the border being a civil war between the United States and Texas, which, you know, clearly it's not. But when our political leaders are using that kind of rhetoric, it affects citizens. Mostly men, right? Yeah, I think there's fear. You know, it, it wasn't that big a gender gap, but there is fear from women and, and persons of color that this could be a rough year politically in terms of violence. And so I think there's a just a lot of anxiety out in the in North Carolina between discussing violence and that sort of thing and just dissatisfaction with the direction of the country and state. Well, you could argue that some of these other subjects you pulled on have at least a tangential relation to this subject. We talk about violence and calming people down. There was a uh, medical marijuana question, right? And it seems that uh, people may be worried about civil war, but most of them think it's time for medical marijuana. We've polled on that before, and we've had strong support each time we've polled. And, you know, every year another state adopts the legalization of medical marijuana. So we're in a small minority of states. But as you well know, it gets introduced every session and just doesn't make it through both chambers and get to the governor's desk. But at least the public thinks that there's some validity to medical marijuana, um, whether that will produce anything in the short session this year or next year's long session. I don't know. What about distracted driving? It does seem to me, this reporter, that it, it seems as if distracted driving and even dangerous driving maybe are on the uptick. Maybe I'm just getting older. What do people think about that subject? These days? Well, we've polled on that question a number of times, and we found just tremendous support. It's bipartisan support. There's no ideological difference. Men, women, young, old. It's the kind of thing where there has been legislation introduced in the General Assembly for a number of sessions, but it gets stopped. And so if you really kind of think about a true democracy as the will of the people, you know, issues like medical marijuana and distracted driving legislation would seem to me, you know, I hate to use this expression, uh, no brainer in terms of (laughs) um, legislators. But there are ideological reasons why some of our legislators are opposed to both of these. The casino, we also polled on um, non-tribal land casinos because that was a pretty controversial bill in the last session. And I think uh, a majority of North Carolinians would like to see casinos in North Carolina on non-tribal lands. And I, my read on that is there's just so much gambling, um, both in and outside of their state, that North Carolinians at 20 years ago would have said, no way, now just kind of go, why not? Yeah, well, it's going to be on everybody's phone here starting uh, very shortly, so it may not exactly. even be necessary to go that far. What do North Carolinians think about the Kansas City Chiefs and the Super Bowl? Did you, you ask? Did you ask a question about that? Am I right? We did. We thought with the uh, upcoming Super Bowl and all the discussion around Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, we would just see what North Carolinians thought about the Kansas City Chiefs and a majority of North Carolinians 
have a favorable view of the Kansas City Chiefs. And most North Carolinians don't think that the relationship between Swift and Kelsey affected their view of the Chiefs, although there's a slight partisan difference. More Republicans thought that that was a bad thing. As I watch these cultural issues, I mean, I I was joking with my students yesterday and I said, it's hard to keep track of all the hate, you know, because it's the NFL, it's Taylor Swift, Bud Light and the green M&M. And I said, you need a scorecard to keep track of some of these these things. But I I really do think it's going to be Two weeks from now, we'll not be talking about it. And we appreciate that you uh, keep a scorecard on a lot of things that are much more important for us. And uh, always appreciate your uh, sharing those results. David McLennan, professor of political science at Meredith College. He's long been the director of the Meredith Poll. We really appreciate your insights. And uh, I'm sure we'll catch up again with you uh, very soon. I look forward to it, Rob. Coming up next, a look at the state of K-12 and higher education in our state and some of the things state leaders should be prioritizing to make it better. Stay with us.